0: Welcome back to the Seafood News podcast. I'm seafood News Managing Editor Amanda Buckle,
1: and I'm ErnaBerry Seafood Market Reporter Lauren Castiglione. This episode of the Seafood News podcast is brought to you by ErnaBerry's Comtel. ErnaBerry's Comtel has been the primary source for reliable protein market prices, news, and analysis. With over 16,000 active quotations and unique data points, Comtel supports users in leveraging expert market intelligence and pricing data to negotiate with confidence, boost efficiency, and design powerful strategies. The team at Erner Barry is continuously exploring ways to provide the most value in the service as possible, and most recent updates to the platform include an increase in news stories surrounding logistics, supply chains, shipping containers, labor shortages, and more. Comtel subscribers will now notice a new link in the Trending Now section of the news menu for transportation and can easily find any related news article compiled into one location.
0: If you have any feedback or would like more information on Ernerberry's Comtel service, please contact our expert account management team at 1-800-932-0617. Now, in our top story of the week, the Subway fake tuna lawsuit is back on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is the lawsuit that will never end. And it will go on and on, my friend, some people. Okay, okay. I'm going to stop you right there before this turns into one big sing-along. Uh, so, we last left off on this ongoing fake tuna drama in October. At that time, a U.S. district judge dismissed the claim that plaintiffs Karen Denoa and Namila Amin made against Subway.
0: But apparently Karen and Namila aren't ones to back down from a fight. They've amended their lawsuit now. And just as a reminder, they first filed it in January. So we're nearing a year of this drama. (laughs) But uh, in this latest court filing, they claim that Subway's tuna products do not contain 100% tuna. Instead, they contain other fish species, animal products, or miscellaneous products aside from tuna. The amended document goes on to state that the plaintiffs, as well as other similarly situated class members, have been deceived and suffered economic injury. The plaintiffs are seeking reimbursement of the premium that they paid due to the defendants' false and deceptive representations about the composition and ingredients of the tuna products.
1: So the documents filed for the case state that marine biologist Paul Barber, PhD of Integrative Biology, performed testing on 20 samples of tuna products from 20 different Subway restaurants in the greater Southern California region. The testing, which was performed by researchers at the Barber Lab, located at UCLA's Department of Ecology and Evolutionary Biology, found that of the 20 samples, 19 of them had, quote, no detectable tuna DNA sequences whatsoever. The testing allegedly found that all samples contained detectable sequences of chicken DNA. 11 of the samples allegedly contain detectable sequences of pork DNA and seven samples allegedly contain detectable sequence of cattle DNA.
0: I feel like we can go back to the whole Jessica Simpson thing with chicken on the sea.
1: <laughs> right. That would be the perfect clip to put in right now.
0: <laughs> now, like, obviously, I'm not a marine biologist. I have, a, I have no idea how this testing works, but the whole breakdown does sound very odd to me. And my first thought was like, well, yeah, they found other animal DNA because you're at a subway, you know, like a a piece of meat could have fell into the tuna area, or right. That's
1: very true. Yeah,
0: sandwich could have been cut with a knife that had a different type of sandwich on it. Like, I don't know if that's you know okay to do or not. But you know, the filing doesn't really give an in-depth explanation of what detectable sequences mean. So, I mean, I I see some flaws, but I'm not a lawyer. I'm just a gal who reads and writes about. We should be.
1: So the class action complaint states that plaintiff Amin and other class members would not have bought the tuna products or would have paid substantially less money for them had they known that the tuna products were not as advertised. And Subway has been adamant that the allegations regarding their uh, tuna products are false. Mark C. Goodman, an attorney representing Subway, told The Washington Post that the plaintiff's latest attempt to state a claim against Subway is just as meritless as their prior attempts. The sandwich chain will be filing a motion to dismiss the claims, which they say are based on uh, flawed testing and misstate the contents of Subway tuna sandwiches, salads and wraps.
0: Now, this the whole filing, I, I read it and like the, these two women, they ate at Subway like over 100 times and like, you know, like in a year. Mm-hmm. And I want to know. And like and this is over like a span of a couple of years as well, like from starting from like 2017 or something. I want to know. You know, like you're eating hundreds of tuna sandwiches. <laughs> at what point were you like, I don't know if this is tuna? <laughs> like, at what point were you like, I'm going to test this? I just, I don't even know how this whole thing even started. It's maybe different. we should get
1: them on the podcast.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to give them any more voice. I, I actually, I feel, <laughs> I feel, I feel terrible for Subway. You know, just because what, what are they gaining at it? Like, you know, and they just relaunched their whole menu and they didn't change the tuna recipe. They're standing by it so right something's obviously off here but yeah the saga continues we'll update you with more information becomes available because it's just because crazy. we know it will Yep. now believe it or not that's not the only tuna lawsuit we have to talk about today <laughs> <laughs> So, on tuna lawsuit, TunaLawsuit.com.
1: <laughs> so that's right a new jersey consumer has filed a class action lawsuit against a california tuna company american tuna claiming the brand's American-made labeling is misleading and deceptive. A complaint was filed in the U.S. District Court of Southern District of New York on behalf of Jeffrey Craig, arguing that deceptive labeling over American tuna cotton-canned in the USA, cotton-canned in America, America America-made, or 100% America-made labels visible on its packaging and website.
0: The complaint is pushing for a trial by jury and seeks a certification of a nationwide class, those who purchase American tuna products in the U.S., and a New York subclass, or that's for those who purchase American tuna products in the state of New York. Now, the lawsuit alleges that it is not only the labeling that is false and deceptive. The defendant's website also contains misleading claims about the source of its tuna. For example, as recently as May 2021, the homepage of the defendant's website claimed that American Tuna sources its premium-quality tuna from the American Pacific Northwest. The complaint argues that consumers would not have paid a premium for American Tuna if not for the alleged misrepresentations. Meanwhile, the American Tuna Company states on its website as a publishing that its tuna is 100% responsibly and sustainably sourced from the MSC-certified American Albacore Fishing Association fishery in the North Pacific Ocean. The company also describes how its products are hand-processed in Oregon and Washington State, custom-labeled, and cans coated for maximum transparency and safety. Um, So alongside its traceability, uh, it can trace back to the captain and the vessel that harvested the tuna. So it seems like everything's lined up there. I don't know where.
1: Right. So you know what, Amanda, enough about tuna. Now let's go into the world of salmon Trade Association Salmon Chile said that the latest central bank export report showed growth for farmed salmon exports compared to 2020. Figures showed that exports valued at just over four billion U.S. dollars, which was a 14 percent jump compared to 2020. Price improved in several markets as the hotels, restaurants and institutions distribution channels reopened.
0: Arturo Clement, president of Salmon Chile, said that we have seen that the increase in vaccination has resulted in fewer confinement measures, which has triggered a sustained reactivation of tourism and therefore a greater demand for Chilean salmon in the world, which, according to the information given to me known, has resulted in better prices.
1: Clement continued that during the pandemic, demand moved to retail, which allowed certain export levels to be maintained. This channel has remained very active, and it can be inferred that together with a reactivation of hotels and restaurants, there is a good projection for the end of 2021, reaching export levels very similar to 2019. For the projection towards 2022, we must analyze the advance of the pandemic, restrictions on mobility, and the behavior of markets around demand. Although it can be inferred that there will be stabilization in exports compared to this year, keeping us at figures similar to 2019, commented Clement. Uh, So that's great news to hear. And we've got even more good news for salmon. Ernaberry market reporter Jenna Schreiber reports in her latest analysis that salmon imports bounced back in Q3.
0: So through September 2021, first salmon fillets blew past 300 million pounds and soared to 322.9 million. Even with a monthly decline from August 2021 to September 2021, fresh salmon fillet imports are at historic highs, up 13.2% year-to-date.
1: When looking at the breakdown of imports by quarter, we observed that Q3 bounces back above Q2. However, it does not surpass Q1 of 2021. When looking at the three-year average, typically Q2 sees the lightest imports of the year. Chilean fresh fillets imports uh, dominate the category with a 75% market share, Through September 2021, Chilean fresh fillet imports are up 7.9% to 240.2 million pounds. Norway, who has a 13% market share in the fresh fillet sector, has seen a large increase uh, in fresh fillets this year, up 51.7% to 42.8 million pounds. A shift to value added looks to be apparent for Norway, with its whole fish imports down 19.2% year to date.
0: In other market news, wholesale prices for both Chinese catfish and Vietnamese Pancasius frozen glaze continue to set new record highs, with Pancasius even climbing above 2018 levels. Contributing factors continue to point to the rise in freight, shipping delays due to logistical issues, including congested ports, as well as active demand supported by the upcoming holiday and month seasons.
1: Year-to-date Chinese catfish imports are outpacing the previous three years for the same January through September timeframe. However, inventory levels here in the US remain extremely thin. Because of the record high premiums and limited supply, some buyers are turning towards Pangasius as a temporary replacement. Import volume on Pangasius largely outweighs that of Chinese catfish. However, the Pangasius market is also burdened by rising costs and constrained supply, despite year-to-date volumes already outpacing the previous two years' total volume. Vietnam has been under heavy restrictions for most of the year, inhibiting production efforts in the producing country. Recently, those restrictions have lifted and labor capacity has been improving week after week, with industry players anticipating strong imports through Q4 2021 and Q1 2022, as long as vessel transport and container availability follow suit and improve as well.
0: And finally, for some fun news, Red Lobster finally <laughs> Red Lobster has released a Cheddar Bay biscuit stuffing recipe. When are we going to start? Yum. CheddarBayBiscuits.com. I. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we have a lot of uh, domains to to take over. <laughs>
0: Seriously, but um, Red Lobster's stuffing recipe isn't far off from your normal Thanksgiving stuffing recipe. You know, it calls for pretty basic ingredients like butter, onion, celery, carrot, and of course, bread. Where things get just a little more mouth-watering is the addition of a dozen Cheddar Bay Biscuits. That's if you could refrain from eating them while cooking. Exactly, the on the right <laughs> home. <laughs> <to something up. laughs> so uh, now not everyone is fortunate enough to have a Red Lobster within driving distance, but the good news is that the re- seafood restaurant's Cheddar Bay Biscuits are so beloved that you can not only get them at a Red Lobster location, you can also buy the mix in a box at your local food store or even find them ready to bake in your local Walmart freezer aisle.
1: You can find the recipe by searching for Red Lobster on SeafoodNews.com, and you'll definitely want to bookmark the recipe for your Thanksgiving feast. Stuffing is a must-have on the table, and with a five-minute prep time and forty-five minutes to cook, it's a pretty easy dish to serve.
0: And we have a long list of things to try for our Watch Us Eat YouTube series, so we better get cooking. You know, but uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next week.
1: Bye bye.